God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Ciao. Ciao. Listen, ciao. Do you know what time it is? It is that time of the week when your girls get together and just make things happen. I'm joining you on a Monday instead of our usual Tuesday delegation meeting. You know why? If anybody asks you where I'm going, where I'm going, soon. Okay. First of all, I am enjoying opening up these podcasts with a word from the Lord and a song in my heart. I think it's doing something down on the inside of your souls. Okay. If anybody asks you where I'm going, where I'm going soon, I'm going on vacation. Come on, Sopranos. I'm going on vacation. Come on, Altos. I'm going on vacation soon. First of all, listen, child, I'm joining you early because I'm going on vacation, okay? And I'm getting up out of here, but I could not leave the delegation hanging. So here we are live on a Monday on Facebook Live. If you're listening for the first time, I am not being joined by myself. I have friends literally from all over the world joining me. I see London is tuning in. I saw Birmingham, Alabama on the live stream. Where are you tuning in from? What are you going What are you doing with your life? I see Charlotte, North Carolina. Let me tell you something. I'm getting up out of here. Okay. Um, So there's that. Listen, um, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Are you minding your business? Alicia says, I'd be minding my business clearly because she did not know what was happening in these streets that I am on my way up out of Okay. DMV is in the building. I see Whittier, California. What are you doing? Have you been minding your business? Have you been drinking your water? Listen, let me tell you something. I'm going on vacations. I'm living my best life. I've been trying to drink my water. I've been working out. I've been trying to eat right. But at the end of the day, I know I'm going on vacation and the Lord wants me to have freedom down in my spirit. And I receive the report of the Lord. Do I have an amen anywhere? Who receives the report of the Lord? Alicia said she's tuning in from Decatur. Where's greater? Okay. Tania saw that Ella had her first dance recital. Let me tell you something. Sunday, while my daughter and Kenzie, my daughter Ella and Mackenzie both take dance. Ella takes ballet and Mackenzie takes hip hop. Mackenzie um, be in and out of hip hop class because she also does gymnastics. And so it's really just something for her to do when she's not doing gymnastics. Well, Ella had her first dance recital. Ella had a dance recital on a Sunday. I don't know if you're like me and you grew up in church, but when things happen on Sunday, you know what that meant? Sorry about you. I'm going to be in the house of the Lord. Well, I love my husband because he said, listen, if Ella's having a recital, we are going to be there. And so as a family, we went to Ella's dance recital and she was cute as a button. Let me tell you something. Mackenzie was operating in a level of faith that is going to be inspirational to many of you because like I said, Mackenzie's in and out of hip hop class, hasn't been there in about four weeks. Mackenzie got dressed in her hip hop costume. Mackenzie showed up, said she knew the moves. She told the teacher, took the teacher to the corner, showed the teacher her moves, and Mackenzie ended up being in her recital anyway. Let me tell you something. Just because you haven't been there doesn't mean you can't get there. Glory Glory, Did you, just because you haven't been there doesn't mean you can't get there. Mackenzie showed up and she did her little two-step, boo-bop, boo-boom, bam, boom. But it don't matter because guess what? Their mama's going on vacation. What are you doing? What are you doing with your life? Julia says, your girl is starting a new job on the 28th at a law firm. Oh, she fancy. Julia, what kind of things can we send you? Can we send you our traffic tickets? Um, Can we send you child support cases? Julia, what is the extent of the delegation's discount codes because you're going to be working at the law firm? 
Patrice says, child, I'm minding my business. My anniversary's coming up, girl. I got to be tight and right. Church of Orange Theory. I went to Orange Theory this morning, and let me tell you, a worker of iniquity is whoever created Orange Theory. Do you hear me? A worker of iniquity. They talking about this week, some talking about this week, going to be mayhem week. Um, mayhem. First of all, what? Secondly, when they had me run 20 all outs, 10 of them being on inclines, th- that's when I knew that maybe cellulite is really here to change my life and I need to stop trying to change cellulite. because. Why would anyone want to run 20 all outs on an incline? For what? For what? My husband has been going, though. Let me tell you, my husband has been going to Orange Theory. Like, he went one time last week without me. And I believe that he is coming into the knowledge of why I go. I don't go because it's fun, okay? I don't go because I'm enjoying myself. I'm going because I just know that I will never work out that hard in my life if I leave myself alone. And so I go to just be done wrong, to be honest, so that I can live right. Oh, I felt another word. Let me tell you something. There is something about me going on vacation that keeps the word flowing. Sometimes you got to go do wrong so you can be right. But I don't mean wrong, wrong, because some of y'all, I don't take this word and twist it and make this word your word. Mm-mm, you can't do that. Sometimes doing wrong, what feels wrong is actually right. And so you you got to adjust your system because right feels wrong at first until it becomes right. Wow. Okay. I'm just in a flow, okay? Desiree says, you work out enough for the both of us. I bless God for you, child. I probably eat enough for the both of us too. So there's that. I don't know if I don't know if I should be the one you counting on in this season, sis. Let me tell you something. Um, what else is going on in the world? In my world, I don't know, beyond vacation. But it sounds like the delegation is out here doing their thing. Brianna says, I'm minding my business and getting ready to move into my first apartment. Congratulations. It ain't nothing like living by yourself. It ain't nothing like living by yourself. Yes, you have to pay all the bills. And yes, it is a different kind of adulting. But let me tell you something. You set the atmosphere in your house. Girl, you can live any kind of way. Not any kind of way. Holiness is still right. But honey, when I tell you that can't nobody tell you, even your kids, listen. I was a single mother and I was living by myself. But guess what? They was living with me. This is my house. You're going to do what I say do in this season. All right, listen. Um, it's time for Rescue Eve. If you're unfamiliar, Rescue Eve is a part of our show where we look at things that are happening in the headlines and we say to ourselves, self, that was wrong. But you know what? That's all right. Because God has grace for the things that are wrong. Just like Eve shouldn't have ate that fruit in the garden, but there's grace for that. And so we look at what's happening in the world on today and we say to ourselves, how can we look at this from a different perspective? That is what Rescue Eve is all about. And so I want to introduce you guys to some stories that have really been changing my life. First of all, Starve says your skin looks good. Did the skin diet work? Let me tell you something. Um, Thank you. First of all, God is good. Um, His mercy endureth forever. I've just been drinking my water. I went to go see someone in LA who um, gave me a different kind of cleanser because the cleanser I was using was drying my skin out and overproducing oils. Y'all don't care, but here we are. And um, she gave me some moisturizer. And I'm just going to see what the report of the Lord is going to be over these next few weeks. I did stop eating dairy, but then I did eat some dairy. And then so we finna see what's finna happen. Amen. Back to my stories. Rescue Eve. Listen. There is a rescue that I know the delegation is going to be here for. First of all, when I saw the video, I couldn't see what she did wrong. So I had to go from the video and go and do some research on the story. When I did some research on the story, I said, okay, now I can see how this could be a little bit troublesome, but let's see what the delegation says. This story is coming out of California. A California mom confronts daughter's bullies and gets banned from school. Have you seen the video? you haven't seen the video, I want to encourage you. First of all, let me tell you something about the video. When I saw the video on Instagram, I saw um, whoever was 
recording the video was scared because she couldn't get me the right angles. I couldn't see the mama's face clearly. You know why? Because she believed what that mama was saying. She had the videos all up underneath her desk trying to hide it behind her books and stuff. You know why? Because she knew that mama, if she'd have caught her recording that video, anything could have happened. But that's all right. Sometimes you got to protect yourself and get the information at the same time. Anywho, let me tell you the story. It says a mom was banned from a school in California after she walked into her daughter's middle school classroom on Tuesday morning and threatened students she said bullied her kid, according to a report. Let me tell you, this is a direct quote from the confrontation. Sisters, aunts, anyone over 18, I'll bless the Lord at all times I'm up. I don't, she said a curse word. I know you guys don't do no cussing no more. And so she said, I'll blank them all up, okay? Y'all fill in the blanks, okay? Do you understand me? Leave my daughter alone. If I have to go to every class, I'll do that. Christian Tinsley says in a video of her confrontation in the classroom, Tinsley said the bullying has been going on for months and that several boys were a part of it. Y'all think y'all bullies? I'm a big bully, okay? Let that be known and understand that. When the school told the boys to stop the bullying, it only got worse. Her daughter reported that the bullying happened in the classroom on social media in her walk home. She even reported that one boy sexually harassed her. After the school investigated the incident and spoke to witnesses, it suspended the boys, but that's when things got worse. She made a comment to her mother that if she wasn't as strong as she was, that she would have killed herself. And that's when the mama took things to the next level. She says, sometimes if you've done everything that you can do, I was prepared for that because my daughter is number one. So she wasn't really thinking about the school when she confronted her because she said she did everything she could do. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I was all for this. Um, Let me tell you why I was all for this. Because first of all, she said she wasn't trying to whoop no kids, okay? She wasn't trying to whoop no kids. What she was trying to do was whoop the 18-year-old plus parents, relatives, aunts, aunties. She said, I'm not trying to go to jail for whooping no adults. But what I am saying is that if you got a relative who want to um, be tribute, what ain't that from the Hunger Games? If you got somebody in your family who want to volunteer as tribute to get this whooping over bullying my child, find me. I, I, I thought it was fine. Then what I saw that really, it really, it really tried to bless my life. Okay. She printed out tickets for this butt whooping. On the tickets, it said, must be 18 to redeem. She, let me tell you something. She had tickets. She said, you can redeem this butt whooping at any point that you would like. What what say ye, delegation? She's been banned from the school. I think that she can be welcomed into our ministry. Kiana says, since sis did nothing wrong, send the private jet. Jennifer Ann says, exactly. She was trying to get a message to the kid's parents. Debbie Jai says, rescue her with the jet. That is me in the future defending my child. I'm the one. Deborah said, if you're looking for one, it's me. I'm the one. I'm the one, okay? Monica says, she's petty for printing out the tickets. When I saw them tickets, y'all need to see this story. I think it's on CBS. When I saw them tickets, I said, you better, you better be serious about, see, let me tell you something. Had she not printed the tickets, they would have thought that she was playing. But when they realized that she sat down and printed some tickets for that, they had to take her. I'm serious about this. You can get this anytime you want. I don't know. I don't know what y'all, I don't know. Courtney says, didn't know about the tickets. Let me tell you something. Y'all have got to see, Lord, help me. I'll post it in the comments on the Woman Evolved channel after we get finished. She printed out tickets. She banned from the school, but not from the bus stop. I'll be waiting on you. Dewana says, we welcome you, sis. Print some of those tickets for me, for me. If you're not familiar with F-A-M-E, it's for me, okay? Print some of them tickets so that I can pass them out. Let me tell you something. When them tickets says must be 18 to redeem, I said, well, listen. Patricia says, a full rescue and recovery. Sybil says, those are threats, though. She could get prosecuted for that. It, I, it's a threat? Threat? Where's um, Julie? Is that you who just got the job at the law office? Can you call us back? We need to know if, I don't, we need to know whether or not we can get prosecuted for a promise. It, what, what, is, what constitutes as a legal threat? I'm asking for a friend, a friend in need. because. 
you know, I don't know. She, I don't know. I'm here for it. Okay, Deidre says we can rescue her. Can we send the private jet? Dewana says these hands belong to your mama, aunties, and because she said your ma- she listed anybody. You got an older sister. You got a cousin. Anybody who wants it. Anita says she needs a driver to the jet. Let's send, can someone send the Uber Black and ask her whether or not she wants the driver to speak to her or not? Because I heard that that's what Uber is letting you do now. Um, so my husband, it doesn't allow me to take Uber without him because it's been too many people in Los Angeles who got human, almost human trafficked or sexually assaulted. So I'm not allowed to take Uber. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a strong, independent woman, but I take my Ubers with my husband while I ask people to take me places. Anywho, that's neither here nor there. The thing is this, does she want the driver talking to her when we send this car to pick her up? Because she's going to get on the jet. Bonnie says, girl, by a threat, they sexually, they did sexually harass her. Heather says, rescue her because I'd rather her be banned from school versus burying her daughter from suicide. Send the jet. The delegation has decided that we're going in for the jet for our dear sister in the Lord, Christian Tinsley. Christian, listen, we understand that parenting can be ridiculous out here, but look at you standing up to life and inspiring us all in the process. Listen. Okay, so sounds like the delegation is all here for this. Renee says, never heard of Uber Black until I got to L.A. Child, our drive was picking up everybody. Okay, because um, that's, what is that? Oh, carpooling. Yeah, honey. They Let me tell you, Ben, I had nowhere to be important because, listen. Okay, oh, Monica says, throw out the flowers at her feet. Where are the royal flower bearers? Throw them at her feet. Okay, we're definitely rescuing Christian Tinsley. My next rescue is a young rapper, a rapper by the name of Future, because um, you know when this rapper, I have to say rapper like that. Rap star Future is getting roasted on Twitter for giving his son, Baby Future, a Rolex for his fifth birthday. Many are calling the gift age inappropriate, though to be fair, it was only one part of Baby Future's celebration. Future also hosted a superhero-themed birthday party for his son. The post that got people's attention was on Future's Instagram story and shows Baby Future opening the box and giving what people on Twitter are interpreting as an unenthusiastic thanks for the ultra expensive gift. Um, what do you guys think about this? He bought his son a Rolex for his birthday, his five-year-old birthday. Is this something that is just out of our pay grade of understanding? Because let me tell you something. Wow. I just can't imagine my current nine-year-old or three-year-old or 16-year-old or 20-year-olds at this stage in age just for for being five. what, What did you even... I mean, you turned five. I mean, child. Can... Sarah brings up an interesting point. She says, can baby future tell time? Can you tell time at five? Just, I mean, but here's the other side of it is that it's an investment. It never loses its value. So maybe he's giving him what seems like an inappropriate gift at five, but in a few years can be worth a lot of money. I don't know. Zakia says a child can't comprehend a rolling. Nope, nope, nope. Take that back and get that baby something. He wants some light up shoes. Okay, so... Chelsea says that gift was for Future's ego, not his actual son. Out, 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 you know, I just don't know a five-year-old who I've ever looked at and said, you know what that baby needs for his birthday? A Rolex. Karen says, it's his money. At least he's taking care of his child. It's certainly out of mind. Well, well, let me tell you something, Karen. You, now, now, let me tell you, if we're going to be true to mind your business ministries, it is his money, and if he want to buy his five-year-old a Rolex, whose business is it but ours? There's what is an, I told another perspective is that it's an investment, and in time, it's going to be worth a lot. Um, Beverly says Rolex is too much for a five-year-old kid. Sharon says that's too much compensating for something. Um, Destiny says, what, is he, what if he is playing and loses it, but he has money, so maybe he doesn't care about what he spends his money on? Let me tell you. It sounds like the delegation is not here for the rescue. Um, I don't, I just, you know, I don't know. 
Monica Gary says, if he, if he bought the baby a house, what would the response be? I think the response would still be, what is he going to do with the house? Let me tell you something, though. I uh, Let me speak for me and my house. As for me and my house, my five-year-old won't be getting a Rolex. I don't even have a five-year-old, but when the three-year-old get to five, let me tell you, she going to get maybe one of them little motorized cars, um, some pencils, because five is when you start going to school. So she's going to start getting them dual gifts where it's uh, pencils and backpacks that make you excited, but also save me on school supply shopping, things of that nature. What y'all think? Nima says he's trying to flex on her hubby. Russell ain't even blink twice about that. But let me tell you something. It's fine. You know, I won't even... I don't know. David says, this rich people business, I can't partake in this conversation. I think that, you know what, this is just above our lives, maybe. I don't know, though. Let me tell you, I was listening to a podcast with Melinda Gates, and she said that they that their children were raised on an allowance. And if they couldn't afford something, then they had to wait to save up, or maybe they would get it for Christmas if the relatives and stuff got them. I think financial responsibility is wise, no matter how much money you have. And I just can't see why I can't see, but maybe I need to be able to see why a five-year-old would just be able to experience something they can't fully value. Okay, but that's fine. Um, so, so, but do y'all want to rescue him? Let, maybe we should rescue him just, but let me tell you something now. Okay, hold on. The Lord just gave me a word and then I'll move on. Perhaps this is the thing. Perhaps future gave him something that would have meant something to him. Maybe not at five or maybe at five. And I think what it speaks to is a lot of times as parents, we parent based on what we felt we needed or what we felt we lacked. And sometimes we have to ask ourselves if giving in to that ideology is going to help or hurt our children. Because sometimes giving your kids things that you didn't have isn't always good for them. Sometimes not giving them what you didn't. Sometimes when you give them what you had, even if it was less than, is good because it teaches them how to become who you are, your work ethic, your strength, your ability to budget and to balance. Um, I don't know. That was a stretch. And I'm tired. That was way too much stretching for somebody who's about to go on vacation. Um, Tia says, no, ma'am, we're not rescuing him. Tandine says, no, not here for it. Um, Dewana says, what's the difference in a five-year-old having a Rolex versus the iPhone X. It's just he has more money. He buys more. Well, let me tell you who's five-year-old ain't getting no iPhone X. I hope they bring them Nokia's back with that snake game so that I can still find you and you can learn how to make this snake just grow bigger and bigger without ever touching itself. That's what I hope. Who? My five-year-old. Uh, iPhone X. Kind of job you got. Shani says we can send him a floaty. Let's rescue the watch and pawn. Amen. Janita says, yes, you stretched like Elastic Girl from the Incredibles. I tried. Janita said, okay, all right. Ashley says, you're trying too hard, Sarah, to save him. No, ma'am. Okay. All right. So I guess we're going to leave him in the water with the chicken from last week because the Saints is out here not ready. Okay. Ramona says, no rescue, but we can, but he can rescue himself with that watch. Okay. So. Guess not. I tried. And I had to really, I had to really reach for that one. Um, from here, the other ones, I don't know. I don't think y'all really care about, or I don't really care about them. Let's see. Do y'all watch Game of Thrones? Were you big mad or little mad last night at the series finale? Apparently, the Saints was big mad last night. After eight seasons of white-knuckling it through the show's engrossing twists and turns, Game of Thrones fans turned tuned in record numbers Sunday night to see which character would sit on the Iron Throne. And after a particularly controversial move, many viewers had low expectations going into the highly anticipated finale. But at the end, I'm not going to do no spoiler alert. One, because I wouldn't even know what to tell you fully, because I stopped watching Game of Thrones about two seasons in. It was too emotional, distressing for me. What I know is this, that the Saints were so mad about Game of Thrones that they ended up signing some petition to have them redo the whole series. It's like a million people have signed this. And I thought maybe since y'all know things about what's happening in the world that y'all would care. Um, Destiny says she never seen it. Renee says finale. I thought it just came back on. I don't watch. Oh, oh look, okay, but Latwanya says she was big mad. 
Big mad or little mad last night? Do y'all want to rescue Game of Thrones? Tiana says the finale was a nice wrap up, but very uneventful. I expected more of a bang going out. So, seems like, oh, somebody thought it was great. Do y'all want to rescue? Nima says they need to redo it. It was terrible. Jessica says, I thought it could have been better, but that petition is being way extra. When I tell you it had over a million signatures, Genesis says, I didn't like the finale. She was big mad. Okay. Ramona says, nope, they owe me another season. Genesis says, no rescue. The Saints is out here angry with Game of Thrones. Let me tell y'all, y'all want to know who going to sit on the throne? Y'all didn't have to watch Game of Thrones for that. I could have told you who's sitting on the throne. Are y'all ready to go churchy? Are you ready to go churchy? It is the King of Kings that's sitting on the throne. And maybe y'all got disappointed watching Game of Thrones trying to figure out who was sitting on the throne because you should have known who was sitting on the throne before it even started. Huh? Mm. Why do church people make everything so churchy? Can y'all help me? I'm trying to be different, but it's just in my it's just in my bones. I can't do it. Dewana says they won't redo it. They already made their money. Betty says, Amen. LOL. She caught the word. Liam I said, you better say it. Sarah says, teach the people SJR. Let me tell you something. I didn't have to watch Game of Thrones because I knew who was on the thrones. Okay. Do y'all understand? Karen says, throws offering at you. You preaching, Auntie. All right. Okay. Um, are, are we going to rescue them or not? Brianna says, can we rescue Star? I would be stretching the rescue Star again because I didn't watch that. Um, Kalika says, you better preach. Deidre says, oh, all right. Okay, so Ramona says, you preaching, but I'm still mad. Amen. Amen. I tried. I tried to help y'all have some peace about it, but that's fine. All right. Um, Janelle says we're not rescuing them. From here, when I tell you, Alex Rodriguez had a video, go a picture of him using his own restroom in the privacy of his home, but somebody from another apartment took a picture of him and it went viral. So I thought we could rescue him. That's a no-brainer. We finna rescue him because people need to... What we need to do is rescue the person who took the picture because they saw a celebrity in a compromising position and it may have tickled them, but what tickled them hurt someone else. And we just want to invite whoever... If you're listening and you took that photo, we want to invite you to Mind Your Business Ministries. It'll bless your life if you let it. Let's move on to Hail Mary. Hail Mary is a segment of our show where we take a moment and acknowledge people who have just done some inspiring things in the news, okay? Some of these people I'm sure you guys have heard about this week, but if not, I've got the story and my reporter voice to help you come into the fullness of what's happening in these streets. My first one made news, yes, was it yesterday? Yes, his name, no, was it yesterday? It was, yeah, today's Monday. It was Sunday. Anywho, his name is Robert F. Smith. If you are unfamiliar with him, I definitely suggest that you look him up. But he was giving the commencement address at Morehouse College. And in the midst of giving his commencement address, he let everyone know that on behalf of eight generations of my family that have been in this country, we're going to put a little fuel in your bus. This is my class, 2019, and my family is making a giant is making a grant to eliminate their student loans. I know my class will make sure they pay this forward and let's make sure every class has the same opportunity going forward because we are enough to take care of our own community. So let me tell you something. He paid their student loans, okay? He paid the student loans of every person who was graduating. Um. Hail Mary for Robert F. Smith. Actually, it's Hail Joseph when it's a fella. Hail Joseph to Robert F. Smith, who paid the student loans of every person graduating from the 2019 class of Morehouse College. Just for you guys to know a little bit more, he is a billionaire tech tech investor and philanthropist. And he hooked up the whole class. I think it turned out to be to the tune of... um, $40 $40 million, I think it was. Uh, it doesn't say on this thing. But his um, 
Equity, his firm, which is Vista Equity Partners, had more than $30 billion in assets under management. I wonder if he bought his son a Rolex. We need to ask. Sarah says, I would like to state, I too might have attended Morehouse. Don't do it without me, Lord. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you how many saints is out here telling folks right now that they graduated from Morehouse. You don't forget about me. Don't forget about me, okay? I was there. I just wasn't at graduation. Um, Janita says, hopefully somebody do that at Syracuse University 2020. Lord, if you're moving in the hearts of people right now, let it happen. Tisa says, I need to find out how to get my loans on that roster. Find a way, Lord. If there's a way, make it happen. Denarius wants us to know he's a member of Alpha Phi Alpha. You must be a member of AIA. You want us to know these things. Kimberly says, can I be in that number? Yes, no, I'll wait. Because Morehouse is an all, for those of you who don't know, because we have all kinds of people listening to this podcast, Morehouse is a college for, it's an HBCU for men. And so some of the women of the delegation who are saying that they are part of Morehouse are lying on this here Monday, but that's fine. You Do you, boo. Do you. Try and get in that number any way you can, okay? So Robert F. Smith was our hell Joseph. I had to also give tribute to Sabrina Fulton, who is running for political office in Florida. For those of you who don't remember, Sabrina Fulton is the mother of 17-year-old Trayvon Martin, who was shot and killed by George Zimmerman in 2012. Fulton is running to fill a seat in District 1, vacated by term-limited Commissioner Barbara Jordan. The mayor of Miami Gardens is also running to fill the District 1 seat. Let me um, tell you, Sabrina Fulton, I've only been in her presence a few times, but she has this weighty presence of someone who went through an experience they never wanted to go through and is determined to figure out what light can be shed as a result of the darkness that she was in. And so what I love about this is in spite of the circumstances, she's seven years later, still fighting for justice, still involved in a way that maybe some people wouldn't be after tragedy or couldn't even find the strength to be after tragedy. And I think that that was such an inspiration. Genesis says, yes, Sabrina, go. Aaliyah says, I love to see you Black excellence like this. Oh, I think she's still talking about Robert Smith. So Sabrina Fulton is out here. Tamara says, praying she wins. Patricia says, I hope she wins. And Debbie says, kudos to her. So, so dope. So if you're in Miami, make sure you do research on all of the candidates. And if it makes sense for you, certainly swing a vote in that direction. That was our Hail Mary. There's another Hail Mary that is fitting to have you. Oh, Lord, I said fitting. I really try to not say fitting because it is just the ultimate sign of me being comfortable and relaxed and ready to go on vacation. But I wanted to also share the story of Cassidy Hooper. Cassidy Hooper is a young woman from Charlotte, North Carolina, who was born without eyes or a nose due to an exceedingly rare congenital disorder. It hasn't held her back in the slightest, though. She ran on our high school track team. She worked as an usher at concerts. She volunteered at charities and took a bus alone from Charlotte to Raleigh to attend Governor Moorhead School for the Blind every week. She just recently graduated from college. And when I read this story, I thought to myself, self, you have no excuses. If my girl Cassidy is out here living her best life, she was born without eyes and a nose and has still managed to get a job. Just play this for your cousin who keep asking you for money, but don't ask you for um, any job openings at your job. Play this for your cousins and aunties and them who don't, who just never look for nothing. For not for the ones who do. We love them. For the ones who are out here trying to do the best they can and they still struggle. We understand. We love them. But for the ones who don't do it, I want y'all to let them know that Cassidy Hooper was born without eyes and a nose and managed to get to school every week. She managed to get to work every day that she was supposed to be there. And she just graduated from college. Can we give her a Hail Mary? Star Atkins says Hail Mary. Sarah's giving her the hand claps. Timberly says, Charlotte, and she threw her hands up. Go, Cassidy. And Jackie says, she is awesome. She is super awesome. Nima says, like, I have zero excuses. Zero. She just robbed you of none. Just none, okay? So 
That is, oh, and also Oprah Winfrey donated half a billion, half a million dollars. She donated to all these millionaires and billionaires out here, and I'm all discombobulated. But Oprah paid a surprise visit to a New Jersey high school, Westside High School in Newark, after hearing about the work that the principal has been doing. Cook has been hosting Friday night parties for his students to give them a fun, safe place to hang out. He also made headlines last year after adding a laundry room in the school because too many students were getting bullied for wearing dirty clothes. Winfrey pledged $500,000 to help fund the Lights On program through the summer. She also gave each student a $500 shop right gift card. So people are just out here doing the things. And I wanted you guys to be aware of the things that are doing, being done. Okay. Zakia says, Auntie O. Joanna says, so awesome. And Rama Jenny says, census 2020 is hiring $25 an hour. That's a word for somebody. Find your blessing. Okay. Deidre says, yes, Auntie O. And Jewel says, the principal is a hero. That's so true. The principal is definitely a hero. That was one of the stories that happened when we were on break, but I would have definitely included him as a hell Joseph, but it ain't never too late. Big ups to the principal and to Oprah. Okay. So listen, that is Rescue Eve. And that is Hail Mary. You know what time it is now? It's time to give our friends some advice. It's time for us to help some members of the delegation make it through some questions about relationships and purpose. And so this is one of my favorite parts of the show because it's an opportunity for us to all kind of use our collective experience to help someone who's going through. And I have a question that's kind of interesting. I'm interested in hearing what the delegation says about this. This question says, hi, Sarah. I first would like to say thank you for answering God's call on your life. Thank you for seeing yourself beyond what people perceived about you. You inspire me to answer God's calling on my life. I have a question to submit to the delegation. Here's a bit of context. I just recently found out that my boyfriend, who I thought was my soulmate, is bisexual. And the moment of finding out, I immediately accessed the presence of God and had to sacrifice the love I stored in the relationship. In order to be there for him as a bisexual male, considering men are killing themselves due to this. My question is, what do I do with the love that was stored in the relationship when my guard is down? Like now at 2.22 a.m., I know I have to keep pushing and the wounds are fresh, but what do I do with genuine moments and the thoughts I now understand that I don't when being in the relationship like him not feeling like my love for him was genuine? So I thought this was an interesting question because I really do think that this is a reality and has been a reality of a dating experience. Perhaps people weren't able to be more vocal about their feelings in the past, but it is something that people are able to be or hope to be more comfortable about in the context of their relationships. So this girl says that this guy was the love of her life and she received this news and she had to sacrifice her love for him as a result of the news. And so I am wondering for you guys as the delegate, first of all, I would like to say to her, one of the things that you said that you thank God for me answering the call that's on my life and that you thank me for seeing myself beyond what people perceived about you. And I think that part of that is um, something that I learned to do as a result of my family being around me and me being curious about how they continue to love me and to see me as a person of worth and value in spite of feelings that I thought would make me not worthy or not valuable. And so um, unless I miss something, I think that it seems like he shared with you some of his past experiences. Experiences. And I think when it comes to a relationship that you have to have a conviction within yourself about what you can and cannot accept. Because I feel like if this person says, this is who I was, but I am in love with you, I want to move forward in a committed relationship with you, and you are the person who I want to be with, then I'm wondering how much of his past really plays a difference. Can I say this? Because like, what is the difference, delegation, you guys can help me, between like someone saying, like, I used to be a womanizer, but I'm not anymore, versus I used to be bisexual, but now I'm in love with you. Because 
if that is a part of his past that he shared with you in hopes that you could receive him fully um, in this new version or this committed version of him being with you, then I wonder, honestly, I wonder if you're doing um, the right thing by throwing it away. But once again, I think you have to have a conviction about it because your conviction has to be, I trust who you are now. I trust in what we have. I believe that God brought us together. You said that you believe that this person was your soulmate and that you guys were supposed to be together. And I just wonder how your perspective on him has changed on just because of something he shared in his past. And I think that like a lot of times we want men to be vulnerable with us. We want people to share their truth. We want them to share their experiences. And part of the reason why they're not able to do it is because of fear of rejection. Like I said, I feel like there are a lot of things to qualify. Like, is he telling you that he can't be with you because he feels like he's still attracted to other people? Because that is totally different than someone saying, this is my past and I wanted you to be a part of what... Um, my experience was. I'm interested in hearing what the delegation says. Debbie says, this is a hard one. Nell says, oh, she just tuned in. Brianna says, sorry, no, it's a no for me. Bianca says, oh, my comments are moving so hard. Sierra says, it can be hard to accept and to stay. Pray for discernment. I totally agree. I think that this is going to come down to what your conviction. Shia says, best friend, this was on point advice. I second, go deep within yourself before making a final decision. I need you guys to like, I, I need to understand more about the context, but based off of what you told me, I just think that like, this is hard, but for some reason he felt comfortable enough to share it with you. He trusted in you all's relationship and love. And I just wonder if you, if that changes, if a person tells you who they used to be and they're not that person anymore, would you break up with them based off of who they used to be? Like... Monica says, you have to do what you feel is right for you, not what society says. Bianca says, I agree. If he is your soulmate, he is made for you, past or present. <laughs> Monica says, I need more details to give a vote. Leslie said, it's a no. A no. Capri says, if there is repentance from their past, I believe in forgiveness. Tystar says, it's not hard. He got to go. So this is... Um, Vania says, in my personal opinion, I will always have fear of that thing coming back up. But okay, so here's my thing. And like, this is because a lot of us are willing to be in relationships with men who have a history of being womanizers. And we believe that they can be loyal and exclusive to us. And I just wonder why we wouldn't have that same perspective. Zakia says, if he used to be bisexual, but not anymore, has, has he truly been redeemed. I'm, if he used to be, and he's saying, but I want to be in an exclusive relationship with you, I just wonder if now you see him differently. And because you see him differently, you're not able to move forward. And if that's your legitimate truth, then I think that you owe it to himself and you owe it to you to break up. Because at the end of the day, I think he deserves to be with someone who's not going to see him differently because of who he used to be. And I think that you deserve to be with someone who you aren't going to be affected by their past. There are some things that some people feel like they can handle. And there are some things that other people feel like they can't handle. I'm not here to tell you what you can and cannot do, but I do think that you need to have a conviction about it. Rhonda says, please don't make him feel ashamed, but absolutely pray about it and go with your gut. That would be my only thing. Um, Betty says, definitely not my ministry. And it don't have to be. It's not everybody's ministry at all. And I completely understand that. But I do think that... Um, it's just something to dig deep in and to really have um, an honest conversation with yourself about. And I think that part of vulnerability is like being able to even say like, man, I wasn't expecting that. I've never been in a relationship with someone who's gone through that and exploring like, what was that like for you? How did you, um, you know, what was it about me that makes me like, cause you need to be a lot of times we just need to be reaffirmed after a revelation like that. And so like, is he going to be able to walk you through your ability to process this? And can you walk him through those things? I think it just depends on how deep you are into this. Um, Arshisa says, no, I wouldn't. If that's his past, that's his past. But if he wants to choose the other sex, then he should be happy, but always pray about it. Like, I think, Marissa Moore says she needs to read Gay Girl, Good God. I have not read that book, 
Um, what's her name? Jackie Hill Perry. Jackie Hill Perry. I haven't read the book. I've seen some comments and subjects about it. So I think that that may be something that you can check out. Lanisha says, I personally don't think bisexuality goes away. I wouldn't be able to look past it, but that doesn't mean that she can't do what's comfortable for you. I don't think it's about whether or not it goes away. I think it's about whether or not he has decided to be in a committed relationship with this woman and for them to walk out life with one another. Um, and I think that those are all things she has to determine for herself. A lot of people are saying, listen to Jackie Hill Perry, it'll it'll bless you. Tia says, that book is awesome. Sandy says, I will not break up with him because we all need a second chance. Let God be your guide. Tina says, Pastor Sarah, I'm thinking on the phone to hear this. I'm like, man, I'm missing it. Child, you got to catch up. Okay, so it sounds like that book, Gay Girl, Good God, is going to help you. I think having a moment to really pinpoint what it is exactly that is upsetting or uncomfortable for you, and then being willing to have a conversation, whether that's, I can't handle this, or I want to walk through this with you, but I'm going to need your support as I process. I think that you guys have to check that out. I believe that if someone is, you know, willing to walk through things with transparency and vulnerability with you and to show you how they are able to commit and have a loyal relationship, then I think that it is on you to determine if God has placed that person in your life. And if so, listen, if God has placed him in your life, he's going to give you a grace to love him. Now, listen, that's a word for somebody. That's a word, listen, because we don't have a grace to love everybody, okay? I don't have a grace to walk certain, it's why I ended up divorced, because I realized that it was going to, I was going to have to have a grace to walk my ex-husband through some things. And I did not have a grace for that. And when you don't have a grace for something, it is best for you to leave someone alone because you will leave them more damaged than they would have been. I know for a fact that I, as much as I was in that emotional abusive relationship, like the emotional abuse was on both sides because I used to unleash my mouth and be totally rude and disrespectful and undermining because I did not have a grace to help bring out what God placed down on the inside of him. I wanted him to fit this perfect little picture frame of what I thought a marriage was supposed to be. He kept on destroying that and bringing other people into the frame. And then I was trying to go to jail. It was too much going on. I didn't have a grace to bring out the best in him. And if you don't have a grace to bring out the best in him, and you don't feel like he has a grace to bring out the best in you, then y'all should leave one another alone. But you have to have, let me tell you about this love and marriage thing. When you are in love and when you are in marriage, there are things that come to the surface. And when God has brought that person into your life, there is a belief that you will have the grace to walk that person through something. I got pregnant at 13 years old. I dealt with promiscuity. I dealt with self, low self-esteem. I dealt with all of these different issues and struggles. And as I, as I have been married to my husband, I have shared with him things that I've gone through, things that I have experienced. And some of those moments have been scary for me because I didn't know if he would see me the same way, if he knew that I could roll a blunt in such a way that it still looked like the original Rillo that I pulled out the pack. I didn't know how he was going to feel about that, but that was my truth. And I shared with him these things about what I had gone through. And he has a grace to love me and who I am. And I think that you just have to have a grace to love people. And if you don't, I think you do yourself a disservice uh, to stay with them. The delegation is laughing at me because here I am. Uh, Vanilla says, yes, Roland Blunt's ministry. If I have to be on, I'm going to be honest about it. Ashley says, that's still my truth, sis. Oh, Ashley, come on. <laughs> come on. I love you right where you are, okay? Maya says, that's a word for real. Do you have a grace to bring the best out of me? Sunshine says, I just read your book, Lost and Found, after having it on my shelf for four years. It blessed me so much to learn of your story. Bianca says, says, I bet he felt free after sharing that with her. Exactly. I think at the end of the day, we all have a desire to be loved fully. The only thing about being loved fully is that we have to be willing to give parts of ourselves that we don't always see as pretty and we don't always see as lovely and acceptable, but we do so because we trust that the person who's receiving it on the other end will handle our hearts with care. And so, yeah, I just want to share that with y'all. Okay. Um, so that's our advice for our first member of the delegation. The second question comes from the Netherlands and it says, greetings. I'm not sure if you will be able to read this message. I was just wondering 
Is it possible to share the things you have to go through as the first lady of the Potter's House 1LA slash Denver Church, please? Only if you have time, because leadership is hard, especially when you don't have help and everyone is expecting for you to give 100% when your life is a turmoil. But I want to be a good leader for God and not give up on the youth, but it's hard. So I think that the best leadership is born out of authenticity, relatability, and authentic connection. And so um, as a leader of not just the Potter's House 1 LA in Denver, but also of Woman Evolve and like this podcast, one of the things that I've really committed to doing is being authentic. And it's not always easy, but it has relieved me from the pressure of living up to be someone. So like sometimes people wonder like, oh my gosh, if I do this and then people find out that I used to do that, then they're going to judge me or not see me differently. Like I have always tried to keep it as 100 as possible. So if anybody ever comes up and says like, oh, well, Sarah used to do this. Sarah used to sleep with my boyfriend, read Lost and Found. Sarah already talked about that. Sarah used to smoke, listen to the podcast. Sarah used to smoke. Like I have tried to not. Now, listen, there's a difference between like walking in those things now versus that being who I used to be. But I have become so true to who I have been that now that as I'm walking in who God has called me to be, it has robbed people from the ability to use any of my past against me. So that's one thing I would suggest in leadership. You don't have to tell everything the way that I do, but I do believe that you need to have grace and humility with other people's walks because you understand the grace and humility connected to your walk. I'm a young woman in leadership. Most of the people who I am you know, leading and directing. Sometimes they're older than me, but I try to carry myself in such a way that there's still the ability to respect me. I've been through a lot. I've made a lot of um, challenging decisions, but I've also turned my life around in a major way. I'm a successful business owner. I've got anointing and power and authority that God has given me. I use it wisely. I study myself approved. I take everything that I do seriously. And I think when you're in leadership and you are authentic and you recognize the serious responsibility connected to your role and you treat it as such that you end up gaining the respect of those who are, I had to say under you, but those who you are responsible for. I think the best leadership comes down to servanthood. So how can I serve you? How can I serve what's happening in this church? Because it creates more servants. We don't need more leaders who are creating more people who just want to be who just want to have their ego stroked. My goal is to raise up women and to raise up leaders who understand that I am most powerful when I am authentic in my journey of becoming. I'm not just authentic for the sake of being authentic, like this is just who I am and you have to accept me where I'm at. That is that is not authenticity for me in ministry. For me, authenticity is this is who I am and this is who I am becoming because some, because sometimes who you are authentically is not who you should be. How about that? Sometimes who you are authentically is not who you should be. But when you recognize that this is who I am, but this is also what I am doing to work to who I am becoming, I think it gives people permission to say, well, this is who I am and this is who I want to become as well. And so um, I think that one of the things that I have experienced is me just making sure that my authenticity was perceived correctly. And I think part of that is making sure that I'm always reaching towards better, that I'm reaching towards higher, and that I'm setting a good example for those who are connected to me. I'm not in leadership because I want people to work for me. Anyone on my team will tell you at the end of the day, I never ask them to do anything that I would not do myself. I am not just looking for someone to be my yes person and to follow up behind me and be like a little slave. Absolutely not. I will roll up my sleeves with you and we will clean up the attic from the back of the church. I will roll up my sleeves and we will bake cakes together for the bake sale. I think part of being in leadership is also making sure that people know that I am in this with you. This is not a dictatorship and I I need you to understand that I am always going to work with you to accomplish the goal. I think that that helps as well, because one of the things that I've noticed is that a lot of times people have a perception that, um, I guess, like pastors' wives or pastors or whatever, like live 
on this throne and you can't talk to them and they won't do anything. And they have like this mean girls club and you got to be in the in crowd in order to, it's not like that. Um, My parents aren't like that. That's my example. They're my covering and they're my leaders. That's not the example that I've set. And that's not the example that we will allow in our church. We believe my husband and I believe in humility. We believe in apologizing. We believe in saying we got it wrong, but we got to get it right. And I think that sometimes the most powerful tool that you can bring into your role as a leader is that humility, because sometimes leaders all think that they have to have it all together. And as you're in the Netherlands and you say that your life is in turmoil, sometimes just the power of saying like, I'm not able to right now because I need to tend to my family or I can do that, but we have to finish by five because I need to go to my daughter's school. It sets an example that I'm going to have balance in this position and I'm not going to lose my life in the process of building this ministry. My husband and I took Sunday off to go to our daughter's dance recital. Yes, we know that people come to church because they'd rather hear us speak. Yes, we know that when our members come together because they are called to our anointing, that that's why they're in the room. But we trust that God is going to bring voices into our lives that can sustain our membership while we tend to our family. Because what good would it be if the church is booming and growing, but my three-year-old daughter's on stage looking for her mom and dad, and we're like, oh, we had to be at church. Church is not more important than us being there for your moments. So um, I don't know. I kind of feel that prophetically for you as I'm speaking, that you're going to be able to demonstrate a type of leadership that maybe has never been seen in your church. And I believe that God is going to give you wisdom on how to do it and strategy on how to allow other people to really lean in and to build their families and their marriages, um, all while allowing the church to grow as well. Jay says, your family is your first ministry. Jeanette says, yes, a perception of you in leadership or even servitude. Sometimes you're persecuted even in your your humility because of perception. Marissa says she loves us. Hey, child, Marissa is the woman evolved top fan. I see that. Angela says her recital was important. Man, that's most important. Latoya says, yes, that's it right there. Authenticity and servanthood and humility. That's the perfect combo, leadership or not. That's a word for womanhood, period. Indeed. And I think that if we can just give ourselves permission to be humble and vulnerable and authentic, that we would take so much pressure off of ourselves. Like um, someone asked me a question on Saturday in LA. We had a women's ministry meeting and someone asked me a question about like she's having some issues in her dating relationship. And by the time she got finished explaining, she was like, I just want to know, is it me or is it them? I was like, girl, I don't know. How about that? I may not have the answers to everything and I'm okay with that because I'm not going to allow this position to make me come up with the word. Now, by the time we got finished speaking, I was like, oh girl, issue, but she had to give me some more information. But I was perfectly had made up in my mind to be like, I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, sounds like the delegation is in agreement. Reva says that was a whole word, management versus leadership. Jackie says you have it all in order. But she says, yes, we must move in peace and release that God grants us. Oh, her comments rolled and left me. Okay. Jillian says, I love you. You have helped me change my life. All right. I love you too, girly. All right. Listen, Um, I have a snack for you and I'm going to share it with you. Because it blessed me and it blessed um, Jamie. Jamie Washington writes the show descriptions and she and I be in each other's DMs a lot, just sharing what's going on in the world and things. And um, she shared something with me and it made me realize um, after I shared with her, like that at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, I want you guys to know this, okay? We are all on a journey of becoming. And in the process of becoming, sometimes you get your stride, right? You get your stride, you're moving, you've got momentum, things are working, you got your whole situation happening, right? Like you a system, you a machine, you want beast mode, right? And then all of a sudden you start to feel empty and you're like, wait a minute, how could I go from being on the top of the world to feeling this empty? what's happening on the inside of me. And you know what it is? Sometimes we can get so busy making room for the blessings that God has given us that we don't take a moment to reconnect with God who gave us the blessing. And I just want you guys to know one thing. 
two things, actually. First of all, it's okay to be overwhelmed by your blessings and to need to reconnect to the source to manage all of the beautiful things that are happening in your life. And the other thing is that it's okay to be off-center because the worst thing that can happen is that you get so frustrated with yourself for getting off-center that you make it seem impossible to get back to where you need to be. Sometimes we spend so much energy being upset with ourselves for who we are not when we could be using that energy to become who we need to be. At the end of the day, we need to take a moment and we need to slow down so that we can assess how we're feeling, right? Like we talked about that in the other podcast. Every now and then you just have to say like, how am I feeling? I was running throughout the house yesterday. And I was like, wait a minute. How are you feeling? Are you happy? Are you stressed? Are you sad? Take a minute to check in with yourself. And in the process of doing that, you may say to yourself, like, I just don't feel connected to something bigger than me. I don't feel like God is watching over me. I don't feel like God, this is what it is. I don't feel like God is in the mix of everything that I'm doing. And God cannot be in the mix if you do not bring him into it. And if we are not intentional, we will end up mixing up the ingredients of our life and the ingredients of our success and the ingredients of our relationships. And we will forget that the most important ingredient is that we have God's presence in it. And so I want to encourage you guys to make sure that your life is got all of the right ingredients of wisdom and patience and authenticity and humility, all of those amazing things that we mentioned, but also make sure that we have God in the mix. And sometimes it's simply as saying like, God, I invite you into this moment. My daughter, um, my husband and I, um, her, his oldest daughter, but we, all of our kids, we just call them our kids. So um, her birthday is today and I'm going to go home and I'm cooking. She has this big menu that her mom and I are going to make together in the kitchen. And like, it feels like such a God thing, the way that God has brought our family together. And when God brings something together, sometimes you can just be so used to him being the foundation of it. But when we invite God, even into the God things, it becomes more of him. And so this night, as we're preparing to celebrate our daughter, Ren, I'm going to say, God, what else do you want to add to this? What else do you want to add to this family? What else do you want to add to this moment? I know you're in it because look how well things have come together, but I also want to make sure that I continue to invite you into everything that you have started because the only way it remains is if we're able to keep you in the mix. Jeanette says, God cannot be in the mix if you don't bring God in the mix. Good word, Pastor Sarah. Absolutely. And uh, don't be mad at yourself if you've been functioning and you're like, man, I haven't invited God's presence and his wisdom and his peace and his patience into this mix. I haven't done that. It's all right, girl. Get back on your square. We all fall off sometimes, but you know what we do? We get back up. Now it's time for another song. We fall down, but we get up. Are y'all tired of me singing? I'm going to be singing and rapping all season four of this podcast. Next week, I have a very special um, song in my heart. God has already told me um, what the song is going to be, and I'm going to have a duet. And I don't care whether or not my co-host wants to do the song with me. She's going to do it. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not a Christian song. It's not a hymn, but it is blessed. And I believe that the rendition of it might change your life. So if you need help next week with your life being changed, I want to invite you to meet me Tuesday around two on Facebook. And I said around two. That means somewhere in the neighborhood of two. Don't get your hopes up because your girl comes when the Lord says come. I don't come when the clock say come, okay? Ain't nobody buy me a Rolex for my five-year-old birthday. I come when the Lord say I can come, all right? Jamie says, yes. Tanya says, bring it on. Latoya says, whoo, I needed that. And all my pregnancy hormones have completely fallen off. The homegirl's about to send an invitation to heaven right now. Invite him into every moment. Okay. I love you guys. We got to pray. God, I thank you so much for your rest and for your peace and for your ability to invade literally at any atmosphere. 
There is no atmosphere. There is no problem. There is no situation that you cannot radically invade. And God, when you invade those atmospheres, when you invade those opportunities, when you invade our relationships, they get better. They get wiser. Our perspective changes. Our peace, our posture, our attitude changes as a result of your presence. Suddenly, we can go from stress to peace. Suddenly, we can go from frustration to joy. That's what your presence offers. And so, God, I am praying that everyone who hears this right now will just feel your presence invading their atmosphere. God, whoever was saying, you know what, that word was for me. You know what, I needed to hear that. God, I am asking that where that word cracked open their heart, that your presence would invade that crack and that it would permeate every area of their life and my life too, because I need your presence. I need your peace. I need your posture. I need who I become when I do life with you. And so, God, I just ask for alignment, that I would be recentered in your will, and that all of my girls, all of my guys, everyone who's listening right now will find their way back to center as well. We need you. We cannot do it without you. We tried. We failed. Things got ugly, and we're not going back to that person anymore. So let this be a spirit check for everyone listening to remind ourselves to stay connected to the ultimate source. And that's you in Jesus' name. Amen.